Hello everyone, and God bless you. We are very glad that you are joining us as we seek to know more about the Lord through His Word together. I say that we're seeking together because I need to seek first, to understand what He wants for me to share with you. I am then seeking to understand what He is telling me through His Word, and of course, you nice people, are tuning in to hear the product of that. So, His Word is trying to touch each one of us, starting with me. So believe me, we're all in this together. And as always, please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. We'll be glad to help. Today we're going to take a quick look into Proverbs chapter 12. We'll focus on a couple of aspects only. I encourage you to read and spend time on your own with the Word of God so the Lord can help you glean from it as much as you can. The book of Proverbs is one of those books where each verse can have a lot of meaning and teaching all by themselves. We could try to review verse by verse, but that would mean that we could probably take weeks just going through a single chapter. As a sharer of God's Word, I am here to help you to give glimpses at, and concepts that will provide general direction and help with either starting your relationship with the Lord or walking with Him daily. But the details, the focus, guidance, and revelation come through your own personal and intimate relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit as you aim, or at least should be your aim, to spend time with Him daily. At the end of the day, my job, if you will, is to be like a directional road sign to just point the way to Christ. So today, we're going to focus on the importance of seeking God's instruction and how we just need to obey what he says, which is the whole purpose for instruction, and how we need to choose wisely who we keep company with, who are the people we should surround ourselves with. But for now, I would like for us to take a moment and focus our attention on the victims of Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas. It is truly catastrophic what has happened. Thousands upon thousands of people's lives turned upside down including the loss of loved ones. As I always encourage all of you through the word we share, that our faith needs to have works. So please continue to pray for these people, but also look to help in a practical way as well. As the Lord taught us, we need to treat others the way we like to be treated. I'm sure if you had lost a loved one, you would want for someone to at least pray for you and for the Lord to ease the pain you're going through. And also, if you would have lost everything you own and you find yourself and your family in need of everything, even the most essential things like food and water, that you would want for someone to help you in some way. We need to bear this in mind as well, that just because some of us were spared from experiencing this hurricane does not make us better than the ones that went through it. To whom much is given, much is required. We need to also keep praying for those that are still going through this storm and that this storm that never seems to end for their safety and their well-being. So let's pray for this and for the Lord's guidance on today's word. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, as for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. As always, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for Lord God, for the salvation, forgiveness of sins, for Lord God, for giving us access to you through him so that we can come before your throne of grace and mercy. I give you thanks, O Lord, because 
You want to hear our prayers. You want to hear us crying out to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I come before you humbly, Lord, to pray for, for these people, Lord God, in the Bahamas. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, for those that have lost loved ones. We pray for your comfort. We pray, Lord God, for your peace in their hearts and their lives. We pray, Lord God, that if they don't know you yet as their own personal Lord and Savior, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you may provide the means to share your gospel with them. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for, for people that really have have lost it all, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for your provision. We pray for that, Lord God, that all of these supplies that are being gathered, Lord, right now as we speak, that, that Lord God, that you may just allow for that to speed its way to them and that they may have what they need. Heavenly Father, help us to have soft hearts and to help them somehow, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to put works in our faith. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we, I pray also, Lord God, for those people that, that, are, that are going through the hurricane, even as we pray in this very moment, Lord God. The people of South Carolina and, and North Carolina, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you please keep them safe, that, Lord God, that you um, please just minimize as best as possible any kind of negative effects of this hurricane, Lord God, and that and that this thing may just disappear into the ocean without touching anyone else. Heavenly Father, we just pray for your, for your mercy and, and for your grace, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus now that you may please guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that help us, O Lord, to have open hearts, open minds. Help us, O Lord, to be guided by you and to just let you lead the way. Help us to be obedient, Lord God. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue taking a look at the book of Proverbs, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 12. And this is what we read. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. 
A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness, deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will put to forced labor. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Today we'll be touching mainly on a few verses, on verses 1, 4, and 26. And of course, the others are in support of them. So, let's start with verse 1. So it says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. God's instruction is vital to our lives. The word instruction has a very direct meaning. For the sake of trying to understand things better, the word instruction as academically defined by Dictionary.com, means a direction or order, detailed information telling how something should be done, operated or assembled, teaching and education. As we have shared before, God through His Word is ultimately providing us with the instruction we need in order to find eternal life through Jesus Christ and to live our lives in such a way that we gain the greatest benefit here and now and towards eternity. There is nothing else that exists on this planet that can give us what the Bible gives us. It's really a how-to guide and it addresses every single aspect of our lives. There is nothing that the Bible does not give us instruction on. It has something to say about everything. One of the main things we need to always keep in mind is that God's Word, the Bible, is there to teach us what works and what doesn't work. What makes sense and what does not. If you don't follow what the Bible teaches and you are just veering off into the unknown, you're going to a place where consequences will be devastating either right away or in the long run. God is not hiding anything good from you by telling you that it is bad or wrong. Actually, quite the contrary. He tells you exactly what should be done. He may not go into the details of why, at least for the intensive purposes of now, but that happens as time progresses and your relationship deepens with Him. But in, in a good set of instructions, the general consequences are not necessary. Only the procedures are essential. Understanding is not a prerequisite for obeying. And sometimes there just isn't the time to explain why something should be done if time is of the essence. Think about it this way. Let's say you're climbing a steep mountain or a rock without a rope. and Don't try that at home, by the way. And you are barely holding on. And someone with a rope comes alongside to help you and says, Grab my hand. 
should that person A, start explaining to you the laws of physics and why he or she is in a place to help? Or B, maybe state their credentials and years of experience to show you that they are capable? Or C, explain to you in detail what will happen to you if you don't take their hand into safety? Or D, tell you what they had had for breakfast that day? Or E, all of the above in a 30-minute documentary as you are holding on to dear life while the tips of your fingers. Sounds a little ridiculous, but I think you get the picture, right? At that point in time, any slightly intelligent person would just do what they're told. They would follow that very simple three-word instruction of grab my hand. When it comes to God's word, to his instruction to us, we should just do what he says. And ultimately, because it is for our own good and for the good of others. This is something we really need to convince ourselves of. One of the many examples of just how destructive disobedience can be to God's word is the fall of man, where everything pretty much started for us as far as problems. In Genesis 3, we read of the story and how sin came into the world. God had instructed as follows, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we read later on in chapter 3 of Genesis that the serpent had enticed the woman to eat of the forbidden fruit, to disobey God's instruction. And she did eat of the fruit and gave to the man to eat as well. They both knew exactly what was not supposed to happen and why they should just stay away. If they would have followed the instructions God gave them, we would not be in the mess we are in now. Because of their disobedience, we have sin in the world today. And that sin is what makes this world as imperfect and as difficult as it is. That's why we have all of the issues we have. And the most troubling of all, physical death and spiritual death. Was God hiding something good from man by instructing them not to eat of the forbidden fruit? Absolutely not. He was trying to protect man from the devastation mankind has suffered through the centuries, like we do now. So quite simply, if we love instruction, God's instruction of course, we then love knowledge. And that knowledge, the knowledge that comes from God produces life, wisdom, understanding, ultimately an overabundance of life and blessing. And with that instruction comes correction to point out those things that we may not be doing right or rather what is in our best interest to do and to help steer us towards those things that are in our best interest, whether we understand them or not. God is always trying to situate our lives on a path that ultimately realizes what is best for us, our greatest benefit. But if you are a person that hates correction, that just wants to do whatever it is you have set, set out to do and disobey God, then the passage is very blunt. It simply says, but he who hates correction is stupid. That doesn't need a whole lot of theological discussion, right? Pretty simple and straightforward and to the point. But let's be logical and let's not get bent out of shape because it uses a harsh word. Who can be smarter than God? Who has been around as long as God has been around, an infinite and eternal being? How can we even contemplate coming close to where the Lord is? We can't. 
So it is only logical to say that someone is stupid to doubt and challenge the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the one who was, who is, and is to come, the one that lives forever and ever. And be careful, because the moment God says to do this, and you choose to do that, rebellion is a clear sign of stupidity. We can all have stupid moments or choose to be stupid selectively and some can live stupid lives, unfortunately, all because of refusing to obey what God says. It can sound a little offensive, I know, but that is what is written when a person chooses to hate correction, to ignore God's instruction and to think that they are beyond or impenetrable or impervious to the natural consequences of sin. And this introduces us to our next point. The company we keep. If we jump down to verse 4 and verse 26, it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And verse 26 says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. These verses teach us that we need to be careful not just with our marriage relationships, but with every kind of relationship where we develop some form of intimacy. A person becomes excellent when they follow God's instruction, when they seek after the Lord, when they fear Him. Remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So an excellent person is only going to help you achieve great things in your life. But when a person is not excellent, when they choose to ignore God's instruction because that is what a person who causes shame does, then that same person will become rottenness to your bones. Rather than being a blessing to you, they will only bring about pain and frustration and chaos that will ultimately dig into the very depths of your being. That's what that means. So we need to be careful with who we get intimate with, whether it is a husband and wife relationship or a friendship or even with the family members we're close to. If you want to lead a blessed life, you should surround yourself with people that are excellent before the eyes of God. And of course, that constitutes people that seek after the Lord, that look to follow God's instructions. Not stupid people, people who hate God's correction, people who choose to challenge God in His ways. Here are a couple of sayings that might help you stay in focus. This is one. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Another one is, you're only as good as the company you keep. Now the Bible says this in James chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So it's pretty simple. Stay away from stupid people. Don't surround yourself with people who choose to challenge God and His instruction, with people who do not fear the Lord. Because that's what you will become if you do keep that sort of company. At some point, they will influence you and will turn you against God. It's always easier to drag someone down than to pull someone up. We really need to be careful with our relationships, especially with our intimate relationships. If you want to thrive in your spiritual walk with the Lord, you absolutely need to surround yourself with people that will help you get closer to God and that will give you advice based on God's instruction on the Holy Bible. God's instruction through His Word is 
only intended to provide nothing but the best for your life, for the here and now, and for eternity. And the intent of God's word is also to bring about blessing and life to those that surround you, to those that desire to have God's blessings. So I encourage you to build your life on God's instruction on the Bible so that you can see for yourself just how different your life can be and will be if you just choose to obey the Lord as best as you can and surround yourself with people that are excellent. And with that I mean to look for people that can come alongside you that also understand just how important it is to follow and fear the Lord. By building those kinds of intimate relationships, it will be more likely that you will have good advice in a time of need and that you will be able to help them in their time of need as well by giving them sound, godly advice. The smartest thing you could ever do is understand that there is no one greater than God, not even you, and that you should simply just do whatever He tells you to do. Like Mary instructed the people that were serving at the wedding, in Cain of Galilee, whatever he, meaning Jesus, says to you, do it. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to, again, truly understand the value, O oh Lord, of, of your word, of your instruction. Heavenly Father, help us to I don't know how else to say it, Lord God, but just that your word becomes a reality in our lives and that we shouldn't worry very much about what's going to happen or, or how is this going to impact us, but rather to just, to just do it, to just trust that you are Lord, that you are God, that, that, you, that there is no one else smarter than you and more logical than you and, and that understands more things than you. You made everything. You created everything. You created You created us. We live and depend on the things that you and only you made. Help us, O Lord, to not question your word. Help us, O Lord, to not have doubt in, in you and in your word and what you teach us, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to just receive the instruction and to just look to see how it best applies to our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, again to understand the incredible and immeasurable value that your knowledge has, the impact that it can have in our lives. Lord God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change. The great things that you did before, you can do them today, and you want to do them today, and you want to do them tomorrow. And all we need to do is just apply your word to our lives daily in every aspect of our lives. Heavenly Father, help us please to understand that. Help us, O oh Lord, to just have open minds and hearts to your knowledge, to your wisdom, to your understanding, to your revelation, Lord God. To just have soft hearts so that we're teachable and guidable, Lord God. Help us to put aside our pride and, Lord God, just help us not to be stupid people. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you love us and because you're patient with us. But help us not to take advantage of that patience. To understand that the purpose of your patience is, 
is to just be able to deal with our imperfection as humans, Lord God. But Lord God, at the same time, help us not to abuse that patience and to take it for granted, but that we should understand the level of urgency that there is in obeying what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, all we're doing by not obeying you, by not doing what you teach us to do, is just hurting ourselves and hurting everyone else around us. Whether we see it, whether we understand it, whether we don't understand it, at the end of the day, when we disobey you, we are damaging our lives and we are damaging the lives of our loved ones and we are damaging everything that's around us. Heavenly Father, help us to be conscious of that and help us, O oh Lord, to, again, just cling on to your word as best as possible. I pray for everyone that's listening, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus if there are people that are listening that have not yet come to have that relationship, that intimate relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you may touch their hearts, that they may seek after you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you just captivate them. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue sharing God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.